0: freaking new year, Chris.
1: There's <laughs> nothing back. like
0: that added pressure of being absolutely perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, f- I feel like I sense today's topic coming.
0: <laughs> today's topic is compassion. And how does compassion fit in to your nutrition and fitness goals? Sometimes people don't realize how much they're beating themselves up
1: like new years. And this tends to be a time for people when they really are looking for new beginnings. And it doesn't matter whether you call it a resolution or a focus word or whatever it is. Like it's this idea of resetting yeah, or starting over. And I think there's Mm -hmm. a lot to unpack about that concept too. Like the idea that you can start over, like you don't, there's no such thing as like erasing your entire existence up until yesterday and then starting again, right? Like this cycle has played out in all different cultures for, you know, thousands of years. You can look back and there is always a marking of the start of another year, whether it's, you know, a calendar year or a, um, astrological year or whatever, right? Like this is a normal pattern for people as a general rule. And it's not a bad thing. I think there's Mm -hmm. been a lot of publicity out this year about new year's resolutions suck and it's stupid and I'm not doing it, you know, and it's, I love them or I hate them. So I think it's a really interesting thing to be talking about today, really, because the question that sort of is hanging in the background is like, how does self-compassion relate to new year's resolutions and success? Mm -hmm. Linking this back to mainstream fitness model, of like marketing and stuff, you know, how this works, right? You work with clients who often do this. It's like, are you tired of feeling tired? <laughs> Try this detox tea. Right. And then here comes the solution. Here's the problem. Here comes the solution. It's a pill, a tea, an exercise program, a meal plan. It's a tangible an physical solution, an app now. Right. And, and these are going to solve your problems. But the problem with that becomes it allows that negative voice to come up and tell you you suck when you don't follow it perfectly because nobody ever blames the plan. They blame themselves for not following it.
0: Yeah. Like, especially when all the marketing is this plan has worked for like so many people, like countless people. I mean, look at this mom. She has three children. Look at her six pack. Remember that marketing message that was... um, From that, from that mom who was, uh, they did like this fitness marketing message with her where, um, she was like in a bikini or maybe just like a workout bare midriff, whatever with like three small children. And it's like, what's your excuse?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you remember that's a great example. (laughs) This is where the role of compassion and, um, being just sort of kinder to yourself comes in because Mm -hmm. the whole system is set up to play on your fear. That's what marketing is. It it targets a fear that you have about a loss or a lack or a safety issue or whatever it is. You 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 don't have something that somebody else has that you could need. So it creates a desire and a want that wasn't necessarily there before. And the Mm -hmm. more we feed that, the harder it is to get it to go away. And so we just constantly feel inadequate. We constantly feel like we're not measuring up. And marketing does that on purpose. Liz used to have these really elaborate vision boards full of these inspiring images or what she felt like were inspiring images. But what we found over time was that those images weren't inspiring her. They were allowing her negative voice to beat her up for not looking or being exactly like these people in there. And so she took all the things off of her vision boards and was staring at a blank one and wasn't quite sure what to do, what to put on it. And I suggested nothing. Right. Because the reality is like you get to create your own reality for yourself, and you, externalizing that wasn't helping you at that point. Right. So rather than looking at other images of other people or places or things, like you could put some things up on there that you did or that you liked or whatever. And then we started talking about food and how much anxiety you were still having around making food choices. And that's where just yeah. eat came in because it's like, If you know the framework that you need to sort of essentially attempt to achieve, which is a certain amount of proteins and vegetables and carbohydrates a day and a certain amount of water a day, then just do that. Just eat. Once you've made those decisions and you put it in front of you, just eat it and just be mindful of it and eat it slowly and pay attention to how you're feeling about it and then Mm -hmm. just right don't let that one
0: thing take up more of your day so after you know i i I eradicated the images from my vision boards and then i actually covered up my mirrors like from here down interesting they've been covered up for a week now and it feels so good okay it feels yeah it feels so good because usually like every time I would go, you know, like into the bathroom where you have your mirror and wash your hands or sometimes I would just, I have like two ways into my office and sometimes I'll just go through the bathroom. I really would have like a fear response every time I had to look in the mirror and I would just feel like, okay, time to pose because I have to like show myself I'm okay or something or I look like kind of okay. It feels really good and really relaxing, but then I also feel a lot of judgment of like, (laughs) <laughs> oh, are you so ashamed of your body that you can't even look at yourself? And maybe that's really deep psychosis. And oh like, God, you got a problem. Have you ever gotten a fear response by looking in a mirror? Are you like, do you get like this this trigger of like, I don't want to look at myself, especially from this angle? Like you're like, I see myself. Yes. and, and this was, was a huge manifestation of an eating
1: disorder that I had.
0: Mm.
1: you know, for it's body dysmorphia, right? So like that's a whole kettle of fish. Right, The place I want to go with it really has more to do with how persistent and resourceful Craig is at continuing to beat you up no matter what you do to try to to stop that. The externalization of all of these factors for you creates so much indecision. You can't be decisive about what action to take because there's always somebody in your head telling you it's the wrong action. And if that's the case, how yeah. do you move forward? So this goes back to the original topic of com- of compassion and health and fitness and compassion with goals that you've set for yourself, right? Like if no matter what you do, you can't succeed. If everything you do is a failure, then mm-hmm. how are you going to continue to be motivated to keep trying? How many times do you have to have somebody tell you you suck before you don't want to talk to them anymore and you're not motivated to do what they want you to do? Not very many. This idea that, you know, Pushing people really hard and ruthlessly telling them where their mistakes are and only highlighting their mistakes drives ultimate performance and achievement. And we know that that's not true anymore. We know it's not. But our generation was definitely brought up in a time when that was the methodology. So I think a lot of us have these internal crags that are really hard to shut off because those are the voices we were given. So you know, I think you watched that thing with the hypnotists that I recorded the live stream with John. And she was talking about a lot about neuro linguistic programming. And the part that wasn't on the live stream is what we talked about when she got off. And she was saying, and I hope she's, you know, I'm sure she's okay with me sharing this, because I think had we asked her in time, she would have shared it. Um, But it was this idea that she's got, I think she said four daughters, three or four daughters, right? And She's working actively on telling them how amazing it's going to be when they get their periods and how energized they're going to feel and how powerful it makes them and how like it turns all these extra centers on in their brain that they didn't have before as part of this rite of passage. What was really fascinating about it was because it's such a divergence from the common narrative around us of what what happens to women when they get their periods. Right? It's terrible, and it's painful, and you suffer, and you should be isolated. (laughs) All of these terrible, you program yourself to expect something bad. So you get it. Right? So it's the same thing. This is why self compassion is sort of the new black when it comes to health and fitness and wellness is that we're not trained to think about it that way right now through media, through experience with other coaches that we've had or teachers we've had in the past. The the methodology has been extremely punitive for a really long time. And the first attempt at reconciling this was participation trophies, right? Mm -hmm. And the like everybody's awesome thing, which backfired a bit on us, right? But it was an effort. It was an effort in the right direction to say, Mm -hmm. hey, maybe telling people that they suck all the time isn't generating the best performance out of the most people. Maybe we should try something different.
0: In the marketing world.
1: (laughs) Right, right. And so, but you you can see these like higher level trends playing out that affect your personal interactions with the world and yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, is it working for you right now? No. Are you trying something new? Yes. Is it going to go perfectly? No. That's what self-compassion sounds like. I don't expect this first thing I try to be the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. I expect it to lead me to another door that I can open and then another door that I can open and then another door that I can open. And some of them are going to have fucking lions behind them. We're going to go, ah, <laughs> and they're going to shut the door really fast and run away. And other ones are going to have like fluffy bunnies and balloons and it's going to be great. Right. And yeah. maybe you feel differently. Maybe you'd prefer the lion and you hate fluffy bunnies and balloons. And that's the scary door for you. You don't know that. So you start opening doors, uh-huh. right? But you can't open
0: a door if you're living in fear of failure. You can't open the door if you're living in fear of failure and you know just for the
1: record just because i'm telling you these things and i'm saying this stuff it doesn't mean i do it right all the time i don't these are not <laughs> things where it's like this is the way you know like no
0: this is the next thing we're trying yeah nobody's got this 100 figured out yet like well this is all very new like from i had a very new experience that i've just never had before with like the compassion voice coming in During my last hike, and I'm like, whoa, where did you come from? You know, it was like, it was kind of surreal. It definitely makes me want to continue experimenting with compassion. Because at least I can say to myself, hey, you've never really tried it for a consistently long period of time. Like, I really never tried it. It's just mostly been like, beat, beat yourself up, beat yourself into until you're awesome. Well, and you've considered <laughs> you've come to the conclusion that that's not really working for you, right? Like, well, that was, it's, it's, it's so obviously not working for me, <laughs> like by the metrics I'm going by, okay, it's not working, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I really doubt it works for anyone, um, Maybe, maybe on the surface level, some people would be like, "Well, obviously, so and so has like a six pack, you know, weighs like 118 pounds, and therefore they're winning at life, you know." But if but they're think, if they're using the method to like just beat themselves up into you know whatever the form they're trying to conform to, I'm assuming it has some um, you know disadvantages, kind of like the what's that the monkey's paw thing I saw in Buffy the Vampire Slayer but it also has like a deeper legend oh, where you have curse, a monkey paw monkey the curse paw? of the monkey's paw and oh, you wow, have the monkey paw so cool of the back of my brain and you like, monkey paw and you curse like make a wish you know like right. I want this but then there's always a trade-off somewhere else and yeah that's how magic that's always has a worse. price right that's a pretty magic always has a price
1: theory. what's that from magic always has a price Buffy <laughs> it's not Buffy. I didn't. My roommate watched Buffy. Charm? I didn't. No, maybe. Charm to the craft. All of them, right? But there's this idea that nothing's for free, right? There's no trade off that you can just win. There's no hack. There's no hack. Yeah, there's right? no hack. And there's no
0: <laughs> shortcut where you're all like, well, everything just worked out great because I got here, you know, not at all naturally, organically. But, but I think that's
1: the truth, too, right? Like there are ways to go faster towards something. And yeah. there is very probably a trade-off for that, right? Energy is neither gained nor lost. We can even use Newton's law here, right? It's only transferred. So, like, mm. and, and it ties into the pendulum thing that I'm always talking about, right? Yeah. You put a certain amount of energy into something, and that energy is coming back at you in some way. And it doesn't necessarily mean that's bad, but it, you know, you need to try to be aware. I think of that, but. What did you just say that I really wanted to? Uh, you were t- oh, I got it. I remember what it was you were saying, um, you know, I want to try more of this compassion thing. And I just want to yeah. say, you know, okay, let's say the compassion door is the bunnies and balloons, right? And you go in and you're <laughs> like, bunnies and balloons seem great. And you're in there for a little while and you're like, actually, they kind of poop a lot. And... Balloons are a little bit boring after a couple of months. Like you don't have to stay in there. You can come back out. And I think, or you can go to another door where there's no more bunnies and there's like, you know, I don't know, waterfalls and dolphins, who knows? But like, oh. it's the journey that counts. It's the journey that counts. It's not stopping because you found the, the bunnies and the balloons behind the door. And it's also mm. understanding that the reason you have Craig and these other voices in your head that push you Is because there may be a situation where that's useful. Yeah. And there are definitely times where you do need to push yourself. And you do need to do something that's hard or uncomfortable. And maybe Craig can become a useful tool there. But if he's the only voice in your head.
0: The only voice
1: yeah but the good news here is that you're making progress with the hiking with the craig telling you you suck at hiking like if you can get him under control in one situation we can take some of those tools and we can apply them to the next one and maybe it's not food right away maybe food's the last thing that we get to deal with i feel like that's like the the boss like the ultimate boss it could be right video games But you it really is. You don't attack the main boss while he's got like twenty five minions around. You pick off the minions and then you go for the boss. You don't take on twenty five things at the same time, right? So, like, yeah, that's what we're doing, and that's what week over week we do. And okay, so you see some of the same stuff coming up, and you see some progress, and you see some things where you are like, "Well, that shit's still stuck there." Mm. Fine, it's fine. That's where self compassion comes back again.
0: I don't okay. have to fix it all now. I had a win with the compassion game so this week I'm changing up my workouts because I woke up on Monday and I was like I feel like I, I just need like a break in order to keep the longevity of my very consistent workout routine that has been incredibly consistent except for the week of my wedding I need to switch it up because I am so freaking sick of like what I'm doing right now I put on my compassion helmet and <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's a helmet
1: <laughs> that's awesome
0: <laughs> because you have to find the compassion helmet and then you see Craig and Derek and you're like you could like
1: juggernaut it like
0: I'm actually very talented at that. Being six feet <laughs> tall has really helped. Um, I'm really good at bashing people and getting out of places. You know, social anxiety. So I change. I'm changing up my workout routine for this week instead of like freaking out and being like, "Oh my god!" Here's the first step of you not being consistent. Um, here's how it starts. I thought, like, okay, well, I still want to do. I've pretty much been doing like about an hour of structured exercise a day. And I'm like, I still want to continue that pattern, but I need to change up my movements, you know? So I just thought like, okay, I'll do, I'm going to do more yoga and calisthenics and still my hiking, but I'm just going to not do um, weightlifting as my strength training this week.
1: So the question I have for you then is... (laughs) Why does changing to something like calisthenics and yoga not feel like exercise?
0: Um, it just feels not, it, it feels, Say it doesn't it. feel structured. doesn't feel structured. Okay.
1: So the only exercise that counts is a structured workout where you can check things off that you have done.
0: Yes. Well, yes, that's how I feel. <laughs> And uh, yes, that's how that's how I've been very consistent. I feel like I do. I do check off every single workout and that feels really good and comforting to me. So with calisthenics, is there are
1: there some movements you could put into that framework?
0: Yeah, like push ups and X amount of squats, you know, lunges. It's really I mean, it's really the same. (laughs) It's really the freaking same.
1: It is, but it's catching yourself yeah. in these paradigms that's going to help you stay consistent, right? Because somewhere yeah. in there, someone has told you somehow, some way that the only valid way to exercise is resistance training. And because I know that you're a certified personal trainer and I know what's in those books, <laughs> the only way to work out and be healthy is to resistance train with weights, obviously. And there's there's problems there, right? Like there are a ton yeah. of really great ways to move your body that are not that structured, that still count and still Mm -hmm. promote health and still give you all the benefits and actually some more because you're not so like rigidly controlling your range of motion or your movements. You're moving in three, you know, in three dimensions and 360 degrees rather than like up and down or side to side. You're lucky side to side, right? So it's sort of challenging some of these things in order to help you continue to create plans you want to stick to, which you're doing. So that's a win, yeah. Which is what you said too, right? You like this that's, is a win, and then you were that like, was a win. So oh, I might fail.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> but also I might not do seven hours of structured movement.
1: So okay, let me ask you this. Let's put this into a different framework. I went skiing on Sunday with my eleven-year-old and my sixty-eight-year-old uh-huh. mother-in-law. Did I exercise? Yes.
0: Why? Because you went skiing. And you moved your body, no doubt.
1: We skied the same two runs for four hours, I think it was, right? I wasn't bored. I wasn't, like, chomping at the bit to go shred some shit on the back mountain, although I can and will probably later in the season when I go with my husband. But, like, that's not why I was there. I was there to hang out with my mother-in-law. And, you know, she was skiing past 65, which she was super excited about, and to teach my daughter to ski, like, absolutely fulfilling I felt no compulsion to go like hardcore shred I'd be like I'll be back after a couple of real runs you know you guys hang out over here on the greens and I'll just be back rather than focusing on like I have to do this focus on this is what I can do next and this takes me where I want to go And that's the role of self-compassion. It allows you to exist Mm. in that place where you can make positive choices to act versus reactive choices to pressure or stimulation or restriction.
0: That was beautifully said.
1: I hope that today's episode made you think a little bit about how you could apply some of what we're talking about to yourself and your behaviors. And let us know if you find any of it meaningful. Make sure to tune in for the next episode where we will continue to have somewhat circular conversations that may be helpful.
0: They will be. They will be helpful. (laughs) It's what you take away from them. The more you know.